Welcome to the Real Raw You podcast. I'm your host, Katie Duda, a certified nutrition and digestive health coach, sharing with you how to navigate the noisy wellness world that exists today by cutting through it with an anti-diet science-backed approach. I'm so honored that you're here. Let's get into it. Welcome back to the show. It is so good to have you here. Today, I'm diving into a crucial stage of life that so many of us will experience if we haven't already, and it is extremely misunderstood, overlooked, and honestly, there's a lot of shame around the topic. We're talking about the phase of life of postpartum, perimenopause, and menopause. I'm bucketizing them all together because from a hormone perspective, both All three of those phases of life, very similar things happening in the body. And so I want to walk you through what exactly is happening. And the most common mistake that I see women making during these phases of life because they aren't equipped with the proper information and it's actually leading to more symptoms such as weight gain, inability to lose weight, water retention, muscle loss, and um, anxiety. And people are just struggling with this phase of life because they don't know how to safely and efficiently navigate through it. So we're going to talk through it. It's going to be kind of a crash course of hormones, what's happening in the body, and then most importantly, how to immediately start prioritizing these four tips that I'm going to leave you with so that you can start feeling better immediately. Okay, are you ready? Let's get into it. So I want you to think about your body being an extremely complex system because it is. Everything is interconnected all the way from our brain all the way down to our bowels. There's constant communication happening at all times. And our body's primary objective and goal for anything that we do is to keep you safe. So if it senses any type of danger or stressor or threat in any form, whether it's through digestive stress, whether it's through work stress, home stress, physical stress of working out, food sensitivity, stressors from eating, things that we are intolerant to, it can be anything. It doesn't pers- it doesn't distinguish between perceived threat and actual threat. So the body if it at any given point doesn't feel it's safe, it starts to communicate that accordingly. And our first place that in our body that gets impacted because of the most common stress hormone, cortisol, she runs the show. It's called the cortisol steal. So if there is cortisol being released at an excessive rate relative to other sex hormones, the body is going to respond accordingly to protect you, which is to preserve, it's to put on fat, it's to keep you safe for feast or famine, right? Think about the primitive days. So I want you to have that context of your body is not broken. It is working for you based on the inputs that you've been giving it, but I want to give you better inputs, better knowledge. There should not be shame around this topic. I think because of shame, it just means that there's no education. So when we have education, we are empowered, and with empowerment, we dismantle shame. So your body is a complex system, right? What's happening hormonally during these phases of life? Think about a tube of toothpaste that's running low, okay? So sometimes when you squeeze her, she's going to get a full strip of toothpaste. Amazing. Other times you might get a splatter. Some other times you're going to get nothing at all. So if you are starting to get a cycle back in postpartum, you might start to notice that phase of cycles. It's like it's erratic. It's one one time it's really normal and healthy. Other times it's spotty. 
or you're perimenopause, you're starting to phase into menopause, and this can be over the course of 10 years, you're going to start to notice this, right? This erratic, irregular cycle activity. So this analogy holds true with irregular cycles, missing cycles, and it's essentially a phase where our hormones, particularly our estrogen and progesterone, play a vital role. So estrogen, she is often referred to as a social butterfly, right? She is equipped to handle the stressors she can take on life. She takes it on by the horns. She runs with it. This is the time to maybe up your fasting window, maybe experiment a little bit with ketogenic, take on more work projects if it feels right and empowering, and lean into more vigorous exercise, right? This is the time where bodies can handle more stress. However, during this phase of postpartum perimenopause and in menopause, we do not have that rise in estrogen that we do when we're having normal cycles. So estrogen progesterone levels are actually very low when we don't have a cycle. And as a result, we need to adjust our diet, lifestyle, mindset, and exercise routines in order to support and work with our hormones rather than allow them to be our default and we feel more lethargic. So we don't move our bodies mindfully. We don't make good decisions from a nutrition perspective. We don't lean towards the proper type of exercise because of what happens hormonally. We don't realize that we're actually losing muscle mass. So if you have a regular cycle, estrogen naturally is rising between days, call it like six, seven through 14, 15, depending on ovulation and your cycle length. And when you, um, after you ovulate, your levels are estrogen starts to slowly decline, progesterone starts to rise. And for those who are into cycle sinking, you know that we now need to switch over in our luteal phase post ovulation to support progesterone rising. So progesterone is the counter to estrogen. Think of everything I told you about estrogen, how she loves social activities, stressors. She's just more resilient to stress. Progesterone is the complete opposite. So you're actually burning calories at a more effective rate with progesterone. And so you're going to feel hungrier. You're going to want to lean into more carbohydrates. You're going to want to lean into more walking and more um, low impact workouts. You're going to want to cancel your social plans. You're going to feel your natural body temperature if you're tracking your cycle and body temps. It, it rises. It's rising in, in preparation for potential implantation, right, if you have a cycle. But assuming you don't have a cycle, you're listening to this podcast, we actually just have low levels of estrogen and low levels of progesterone. So we don't have estrogen working for us, guys. We don't have estrogen helping us be more equipped to slough off stress. So when we make the mistake of bounce back culture postpartum and we start taking on all the work stressors, we start taking on the stress of the home and the jobs right back to exactly how we were when we weren't sleep deprived and we had estrogen working for us, we're acting as though we just can enter right back into our old life. And then we also go crazy in the gym because we want to try to lose the weight. But what's happening is you're putting too much stress on your body. And as a result, fat storing hormones are being turned on because when you don't have estrogen, guys, I want you to hear this. I'm going to say it like three times. 
fat cells create estrogen. So in the context of your body always trying to protect you, if you don't have estrogen, your body actually creates fat cells to try and create estrogen from those. So you naturally, if we're not leaning into the right types of activity and eating properly, you're going to create and cultivate more fat cells in order for your body in an attempt to want to get some estrogen to help you. And what also happens with estrogen is we lose one to 3% of muscle mass every single year as we enter into perimenopause, menopause. So yeah, it sucks. Our horm- we're not, they're not doing us any favors right now. Low estrogen is not a good thing. Now, it might be as simple as you might think to say, go ahead and just start taking estrogen. But I hate to tell you that in terms of what that does, it only addresses some symptoms such as such as potentially a little bit more energy. But in terms of fat cell production, it doesn't. In terms of muscle mass, it doesn't. That comes through diet and lifestyle. So taking a pill is not going to solve it. I hate to tell you that. We just have to switch our lifestyle in order to work with them. And there is a way to continue to lose fat and gain muscle despite not having estrogen. I'm going to tell you that soon. So now that you know, kind of hormonally speaking, right, what's happening, we don't have estrogen working in our favor because she's low. We have low levels of progesterone. So really what we need to do is act as though we're in this kind of second half luteal phase forever. So we have low estrogen. We also have low progesterone. And so we need to be really mindful about the stressors in our life and start to say no to more things, start to lean into some more of these lower impact activities that I'm going to talk to you about and start to prioritize other things that are going to naturally keep the body calm. Progesterone, she loves going inward. She likes to, um, you know, tell you that she's a little bit hungrier. So adding in more fiber, more protein, thinking about protein in the context of 0.6 to 1 gram per pound that you weigh is really where I like to see clients. So really upping your protein can help a lot with satiation and also muscle mass. Um, And also upping your fiber so that that's creating bulk and moving through, helping process through any um, excess toxins through the body and it helps lead you and keep you fuller. So I know that HIIT training is popular, but it is not the best choice during this phase because the overexertion of signaling the alarms, which is what HIIT does, right? It spikes your heart rate really, really high, and then you come down for a short period of time, just enough to maybe catch your breath, and then you go back. And it's this kind of up and down and up and down that in this phase of your life, I mean, maybe one time a week for 20 minutes or so. But until you start to feel like you're becoming less symptomatic, I don't suggest it because the overexertion can trigger fat storing hormones due to the body's heightened cortisol response because of that low estrogen, right? So low estrogen, the body signals more cortisol to try to compensate by then creating fat cells. 
to say we can create estrogen from these, right? So now we're dealing with, you know, just this like cortisol dominance in the body where cortisol in proper amounts is a good thing, but too much is not. And cortisol dominance through the body is ultimately going to affect our insulin resistance, which leads to weight gain. And so surprisingly, excessive cardio can hinder weight loss. So to navigate this stage effectively, let's leave and close with some effective tips. You can probably guess what I'm going to say first because I've talked about weight um, weight gain and the term of fat and how cardio contributes to that. It can. So and we're losing muscle mass naturally with low estrogen. So what's the first tip? The first tip is to pick up some weights, right? More than you should. We really want to think about what you did before having a baby. If you're in postpartum or before entering perimenopause, when you had a cycle, you actually need to think about it even more. So more consistent weight training, picking up heavier weights, and you're not going to get bulky. Um, Creating that muscle mass is going to help counter the fat. So picking up and lifting weights is going to be your best friend. Um, the next is to prioritize quality sleep, guys. We have to be able to sleep in order to be able to have stable, balanced hormones. If not, our ghrelin and leptin, which are our hunger and fullness hormones, are totally erratic and all over the place, and you're just not going to be able to make good nutritious food choices when you're sleep deprived. So a few tips I have to optimize quality sleep. We now know that it's not just about the duration, but it's actually about consistent routine. So going to bed at the same time and waking up at the same time, seven days a week is more important than actually even getting, if you were to go consistently for less hours, it's better for you than it would be to get more hours, but have erratic kind of scheduling. So go to bed at the same time, wake up at the same time. And from a hormone perspective to work with melatonin, you need to be in bed at or before 10 p.m. Melatonin is naturally going to start to decline after 10 p.m. So make sure that you're in bed. Um, next tip would be to have a completely dark room. So no blue lights, no screens, um, no light being emitted from clocks. If not, put a sleep mask on and then have a cool room. So anywhere between 66, 69 degrees, the body actually has to drop one degree in order to get into a state of deep sleep. And so you can take a shower before bed to help create that environment. You can keep your room cool like we do. Um, You can take a bath, but um, your body has to drop one degree in order to get into deep sleep. So weight training prioritize sleep. The next is neat exercise. Thinking about neat, it is the non-exercise activity thermogenesis. So it's a tongue full. It's essentially saying everything that you wouldn't classify as exercise, walking the dog, taking the stairs at work, walking, commuting to work, walking around, doing house cleaning, yard work. This is all um, thermogenesis that creates a sufficient amount of heat in the body that burns that is not going to also spike cortisol. So walking, upping your walking and trying to think about whatever you did before, you have to do more of this. So it's not about 
a three-hour jam session on the treadmill walking. It's about actually just being realistic and these little snacks of saying, okay, I'm going to walk the dog you know, one more time today. And even if it's 10 minutes, I'm going to take the stairs instead of the elevator. That is sustainable. It's something you can keep showing up for and it over time will yield results. So engage in more of this non-strenuous physical activity throughout the day. And we know through studies that more of just like getting up and going, even if it's just these little snacks, a couple jumping jacks, take a walk around the block during lunch, a midday walk, an afternoon walk, an evening walk, even if snack sizes is better for you than doing one long training session in the gym. So we know this. Also going to boost your mood and make you feel good when you're getting outside. And then when it comes to nutrition, focusing on fiber and protein, like I talked about. So we want to cut back on things that are going to stimulate stress, sugar, refined starches, alcohol, right? This is not the time to be giving into those cravings. And if you do have cravings, know that it's likely stemming from some root cause, whether there's a deficiency going on or there's... um, a sleep deprivation that's leading to sugar and starch cravings. That's very normal. But um, to do a total reboot where you remove sugar, remove um, gluten and alcohol for 30, 60 days while you get everything reset, I really recommend. I work with clients a lot on how to safely do this. And then to slowly lean into real food sources of these um, from time to time so that you're living your life, but not allowing it to just totally rule you and take over with the cravings. Again, a rule of thumb for protein, I, I would say 90% of women that I work with do not even come close to this metric. I even struggle with getting it in. You have to be intentional about protein in every meal. Um, trying for 25 to 30 grams per meal, especially at breakfast, is going to help reduce those cravings, improve satiation throughout the day. Um, that's going to get you to assuming you have three meals, kind of 90 grams right there. And then maybe a snack of 10 grams. It's very doable, but you do have to know and be educated around, um, macros for what is 25 to 30 grams, right? It's four eggs. It's a scoop of protein powder. It's cottage cheese. It's, um, you know, a chicken breast. It's, you know, knowing your, your meat sources for the first, couple of meals, get educated, work with somebody who can help you, and then watch how different you feel and how much better you feel, more energy you have. Weight loss starts to become very uh, natural when the body just gets more of what it needs. Lastly, final tip, final plug. Don't forget about and neglect weight training. It is so crucial for preventing muscle loss, especially when we have this unique cycle hormonally going on where we don't have estrogen, you are losing muscle mass every year with low estrogen. So you do have to work harder. I know it's frustrating. I know how hard you're already feeling like you're working, especially if you are busting your butt in the gym seven days a week. I hope this episode with information and knowledge with science actually empowers you to do less so that you can give yourself permission to say, hey, what I'm doing actually isn't working. You know that. That's why you tuned into the show. Know that low estrogen is, um, it can be debilitating, but it doesn't have to be. If you just instead flip the narrative to say, I need to adjust to lean into these activities, I'll actually start to feel so much better. My body will actually start to feel safe and as a result, lose some of this excess weight that it's holding onto because it just doesn't feel safe. 
body is always working for you. It is not working against you. You just have not been given the proper tools and education to um, be able to experience true vitality. So whether you're experiencing your regular cycles through postpartum or you're navigating the complexities of getting into perimenopause and menopause and the hormonal shifts that happen there, I want you to know that you have the power to change your life, that you are not broken, and I hope that you can thrive during this unique stage of life. I hope that this dismantles the shame that you have around it. I hope that you can say F F it to bounce back culture um, if you are postpartum and instead work with your hormones rather than against. Thanks for tuning into the show. I'll see you next time and bye for now. Sending you so much love. Thank you so much for listening to the Real Raw You podcast. Hey, if you enjoyed what you heard today, be sure to check out more episodes and consider subscribing to my weekly newsletter where I share the latest cutting edge research tips and tricks all to help support you on your healing journey. You can sign up in the show notes below to join in on my community so that you can get that exclusive content, discounts on packages, and so much more. And if you're ready to take your healing to the next level, you can learn more about my individual one-on-one health coaching packages at therealrayu.com. And lastly, I would love it if you left a review of the show. I read every single one of them and deeply appreciate all types of feedback as it helps inform the type of content that I create here for you on a weekly basis. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. I hope you have a beautiful day.